it's interesting when you uh, become aware of your senses. And um, is that an attempted way of sounding aloof at the same time, profound, Sandeep? Tell me about it, you fucker. Why do you have to do that? Anyhow, welcome uh, to another episode of the podcast. I'm Sandeep Brown, and it's very good to be here. Um, but I genuinely was thinking, you know, um, sorry, that's my neighbor's wife barking. If you can pick up that noise, I apologize. I've changed my setup, so there's, you know, with every new setup, that's the comes a little bit of um, advantage and a little bit of disadvantage. The advantage here is that I am sitting in my little corner talking to you. The disadvantage is you can hear a lot of people barking. Now, that leads me to this thought I had the other day. We are a society that focuses a lot on sight, the sense of sight, and a lot of the stuff around um, entertainment, around what we consume is based on sight, whether... Um, I think it's it's the sense that drives the world, um, and I'm going to make the statement at the, at the at the risk of sounding insensitive. But I think people who are blind have it harder than people who are deaf. Now it's not a blanket statement, of course. It's from case to case, but I think um, it is hard. Of course, I'm not taking away. It's just that it's less hard. The reason why is because we don't have as many um, as many uh, things in society that. Um, are sound-based. Of course, yeah, music, yeah, I, I'm, not the, I'm not saying the obvious, but it's less punishing for someone who doesn't listen or can't hear uh, as it is for someone who can't see. That's because we as a, as, as, as a species don't listen. Uh, we've forgotten how to use the sense of hearing as well. Now, I'm, again, everything in this is in context, right? It's not a blanket statement that all humans are deaf bastards. No, it's the fact that we are so caught up in our own heads. There's so much noise. And if you pay attention to this, you realize that there's noise in your head. It's not thoughts, it's noise. And of course, these uh, we use the word thought to describe noise in our head because it's the muddle of like oh what is she up to fucking how how could she do this to me the self righteous anger of being 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 wronged your ego being bruised all this manifests as noise in the head and when there's so much noise in the head you can um, be oblivious to the fact that you're not able to hear you can, uh, and I, again, I use these words loosely, right? I mean, the inability to hear is a form of deafness. I'm not talking about the physical ear, the ear, no, physical ear, not being able to hear. That, of course, is a physical problem. And there are a lot of people who suffer from that. And there are people who need help with that. And I'm not taking away from any of that. But there are some people just like how, you know, you have people who can see, they just are blind. They just come up straight to the gate. Which gate is number six? And there's a big fucking fat number six staring them in the face. So just like that, but more so with hearing, people just don't listen. They don't hear. Then both, and I'm using these words independently and together, they're mutual because you need to listen to hear and you need to hear to listen. Now, you need you can hear if you have ears, but even if you have ears, it doesn't mean you have listened, right? I, I don't go down this entire sort of spiral, but... I was just thinking the other day, if you actually quieten your mind, which some people say meditation helps you do, you can actually hear a lot better than you can see. Like what I mean by that is the the, the distance or the reach of your your ears, your hearing is way, way, way more vast than sight because sight is line of sight, like what you can see, of course, is what you can see. But you can hear beyond what you can see is what I'm trying to say. If you let your ears do the seeing or the hearing for you and let them throw their vast web of 
whatever vibrations because vibrations yeah, i mean yeah okay yeah, oh, fuck someone be like light travels faster than sound what does that about to say yeah man i get it but what i'm trying to say is if you if you're in the dark blindfolded trust me you can manage if you can tune your ears to pick up trying to say years automatic indian default you can tune your ears tune your ears to listen because for years we've been taught as indians to say years i got a hearing i got an hearing i got a hearing so yeah do your calendars mark the years that go by so i'm making a conscious effort and this is where the indian education in me comes out sometimes i'm like flowing smoothly in my in my see that again in my rhetoric not sort of the right word in whatever in my diatribe in my rant i have to try so hard to get the words right and then i'm like but in yo it is anyhow but think about it if you silent if you silent it if you silence your mind you are able to throw the web of the vastness of your hearing out there and you can pick up on it and it doesn't happen overnight i mean i'm nowhere close to it but uh, the other day i picked up on a pattern of crows communicating with each other I just thought it was one annoying crow next to me going ah ah, but I realized there were ten other crows who were far away, who were communicating in this network of crow kind of five G uh, tower systems. I heard the farthest crow going ah, and then a few seconds later, my crow was like oh, and I was like ooh, these crows are communicating. Never ever acknowledge that joke. It was horrible. but it's amazing what you can pick up on when you cast your ears out there into the ether of sound and vibrations it's quite fucking fantastic hey um i have a thought i mean besides the other ones i've had but i um there's this whole thing right and i don't know what, uh, do, 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 do. let me do it in this as well fuck it i was going to say should i do it for another episode i think i'll do it now see there's a thing I hope I'm recording. Oh, fuck that would have been embarrassing. Anyhow, by the way, I've got a great guest coming up later on as you might have come to expect. Um her name is Arushi Pollar as the name of the episode suggests. She's fantastic. She's done a lot of work in theater, uh worked with children special needs. She's worked with animal rescue, wildlife animal rescue. You know all about it uh, if you read the description, but of course more importantly you should you should listen to her. She's uh, um genuinely lovely human being doing great work uh, so that comes up in just a bit but here's my theory if you observe societies uh, which are advanced so we automatically go to america or the white societies right maybe in addition to them japan korea south korea um singapore but what happens is there is a reason these societies are where they are because of course a certain amount of advancement progress hard work cultural assimilation uh which attracts some of the best talent from the world and as a result all these fuckers end up there going hey, yeah i fucking work at yale i work I, yeah i with the i'm at the stratifying telescope analyzing molecular and everyone say wow amazing I, uh but what happens is uh there's a lot of migration that ends up in these countries attracting the best talent from the world in the case of america in the case of the uk the you in, in the case of australia not so much anyway yeah and singapore right and japan i don't know japan mm. then if you look at these people some of them uh 
you know, take Indians for instance, they went in the 1960s and 70s. Uh, and people go, bec- and, and you, go, you must remember, people come to your country if you're an advanced country, not because they have a choice, but it's an option for a better life. When they leave a Bangladesh, or when they leave an India, or when they leave an Afghanistan, or when they leave um, war-torn Africa, or when they leave wherever they might leave to come to your country. Don't think, you self-righteous piece of shit, that, oh, look at them. It's because they don't have anything, in many cases, much better to, they don't have anything to look forward to. And some do, some, many don't. So don't think that you, as an individual, are giving permission to these fuckers to come there because it's a collective as a country, which, by the way, let you in in the first place, that is letting this person in to get the opportunity that you got and as a result are where you are. But I don't get these people. They're going in the 70s. They're like, oh, American dream. And the same guy now is like, fucking build a wall. Or, yeah, immigrants, refugees, fuck them. Let me tell you one thing. It's the human comfort zone, right? Because the person who went in the 1970s, whatever, they worked their balls off. They got that American dream for whatever that dream was, whether it's building a house, paying the market outside the suburbs. And they got the car and they did all that thing. They sent their kids to university. Their kids are doctors. Now they're just like jerking off on the medical degree certificate on the wall. They're very happy about that. Now they're in their comfort zone. So now instead of going back and saying what brought me here and continuing to live life and in and innovate and evolve as human beings they like no i'm i want to become nice and fat eating at trader's jaws so they point saying no 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 this should not be allowed america is a great country we should keep it within ourselves i think comfort zones are the most dangerous place because that's when you stop looking within and you start looking out you start pointing fingers and you're like are they are the reason why we are bad like bangalore is like oh these people are coming and taking away our culture our identity our language start looking out and blaming your situation or blaming others for your situation or blaming others for your lack of situation or your lack of ability to move on and move ahead and to get um and there's a problem when money is your sole goal or comfort is your sole goal. You're never going to grow beyond that. Once you have the things like, yeah, I will buy 10 more pairs of socks from Costco uh, or wherever you go shopping. It's, it just becomes self-perpetuating. I wanted to say that word the entire episode. That's why I brought it to this point. It becomes a self-perpetuating prophecy where you end up becoming so comfortable that you don't want to grow. You don't want to change. You are scared of letting go of what you already have. And as a result, People coming in who have the same dream as you, which you once had, are a threat to your existence, a threat to your comfort. So what do you want to do? You want to push them away. You don't want them to say, hey, man, I'm doing this. How about you show me how to do it? And you go and elevate or whatever to the next level. Nah, that's too much work, buddy. You got to sit and you think that it's easy that I got everything that I got over here. It's not that easy. Mm. As a result, you have this entire mess we're in. So my solution, and today I provide a solution on this episode, is to have, I think, no permanent citizenship to anyone. Every five years, you have a set of parameters that you prescribe or a set of parameters that you follow. Now, there could be physical health, it could be mental health, it could be social contribution, it could be compassion, it could be humanity, it could be humaneness and the way you treat your fellow people. Now, all these things, you have to be physically fit. You can't become an obese piece of shit who's just consuming. You can't be you can't be someone who's mentally abusive. You can't be someone who's physically abusive. Now you can't be someone who's abusing the planet. You can't be someone who's just raping everything around you for greed, for your own uh, gathering of wealth. So you can't be someone who's just taking, taking, taking. You've got to give a little bit. So you have all these things. A person, everyone has to give a certain amount to charity. So everyone has to give their time to helping other people. When someone's down, you pick them up. You don't step on them and shit on them like how most people do. You kind of are 
aware of people's mental situations or not when you are riding high you make sure that you bring people up with you don't drag them down when you are down you know that someone is going to bring you up when you're physical you, you make sure there's some physical kind of effort that you're making you're working you're fatter then you are just not sedentary all the time so all these things and if you are at the end of the five years you have an evaluation and you're like okay cool you know you can stay on for five more years but if you are one of these pieces of shit who's just like bloody nonsense people immigrants taking out out with you so know what it's like to come back. So you come back to the back of the queue and then you again file for entry and realize what it is like for people who don't have anything trying to come there and make a life. Huh? How's my system, eh? Good now? Very good. Just wanted to get that off my chest. I don't know if I did justice to it, but it, it, was, actually a pre- it was actually something that uh, popped in my head when I was sleeping. I thought it was one of those good thoughts to share with you. I wanted to make it a premise. Uh, maybe I will still make it a premise, which I can use on stage in a funny way. But this was the raw form that you get. And I hope that you've come to expect nothing but raw, honest thoughts from me on the Soapy Rao show. On that note, I'm going to hand it over to Soapy Rao. <laughs> that sounded so weird. Who's going to... Uh, yeah, who basically I had a lovely conversation with Arushi Podar. Uh, you'll get to know her. You'll get to know all about the work she's done and that she continues to do. Fantastic human being, as I said. And um, yeah, over to that part of the show, which is on the other side. Yeah. Um, of course, as always, do tell your friends. I hope you're well. Um, I hope you like the podcast. Do share it. And uh, whatever you got to do with it, press the buttons, make it happen. If you're listening right now, you've done what you have to do. So thank you. Appreciate it. I hope you're well. Goodbye. God bless. See you on the other side. Till next time. Cheers. Arushi Podar, welcome uh, to the Sopi Rao show. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Sandeep. I'm glad. I'm glad I could with all my apprehensions and reservations. Hey, no. First things first, I need to address this because people need to know that there are parents like mine that exist out there who have (laughs) known you for 22 years or more and not told you about my existence. So... (laughs) (laughs) I told them last night. They're like, no, no, no. We've told her. She didn't listen. I said, I doubt it. I told you they didn't know about my kids either. It was just, yeah. you know, how, yeah. <laughs> no, it's crazy how, you know, we we spoke yesterday and I've known of you for many years because of my cousin and you being friends. And um, mm. no, I really appreciate you, you you doing this because you told me you don't do this uh, and you don't really come forward and talk about the work you do. So I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, as I told you before, I started recording the Zoom thing, right? It's interesting that mm. we're doing this video and it's not going to be, it's predominantly audio. But the reason I, I told you, I'll tell you on the call is, a video is not something I should be focusing on because as a guy who can't see. But having said that, every visually impaired group that I'm a part of, um, you know, is really keen on doing video. Like, in fact, there was a Zoom call which was organized by an organization in Delhi where they wanted me to um, sort of put the word out there to people who are keen on becoming stand-up comedians or podcasters. And it was like 15, 20 blind visually impaired people. And it was a Zoom call with video. I'm like, what is the point? So the first, <laughs> How sweet. I mean, the first 20 minutes of the call is... Can you see me? Can you see me? I can't see you. And two girls at the end of it are like, we can't see anything. And I'm like, oh God. and then the organizers like, no, no, um, your lights are off. I said, dude. Sorry, this is so funny, but you know, but I and, guess yeah, don't just think automatically, right? We don't. Yeah. This. And the and you know what I noticed is yeah. you know I've done uh, I did this thing for this this organization where it was about inclusion, diversity, and and 
the whole language has changed, right? Where people, um, and a lot of people who were part of this, there were people asking questions uh, about um, disability and about inclusion at the workspace. And I remember one guy who was uh, hearing impaired or something, and the admin was coordinating the buttons, right? He said, um, Harish, we can't uh, hear you. Can you unmute yourself? I said, dude, the guy can't. <laughs> Can you use words like unmute? <laughs> Anyhow, but it's an experience, really. But uh, no, really appreciate you being here. And uh, I think I don't want to go into, you know, the work you've done because you've done so much stuff. But you have been in this space for many years, right? Where you told me that you have... Uh, I, I I don't know where to start because you've done work in with, with, with children with special needs. You're in the education space. You're with animal welfare. So I don't. Would you like me to lead in with questions, or would you like to just talk about um, certain aspects? Where did you? I mean, where did you begin, and um, what sort of led you down this path? Hmm. <laughs> it's a very vague question. So where did I begin with all these things that yeah, I? Yeah, I mean, what 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 started it all off? Like, where did you? I mean, right after college, like, what 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 sort of was the the drive to go down hmm. the path that you did? So well, <laughs> just the first question you asked me about where did it begin? I think Sandeep, I. I'm just trying to think. When I was young, and my neighbors, you know, the guys around would use catapults and hit at uh, goats and sheep and cattle mm. and hens. I remember running out and having these major fights with them. Mm. Mm. And my mom would say, "Oh my God, you know, here we have like a born fighter." Yeah. yeah. Then um, um, my, you know, thankfully my parents were. Um, very literally and creatively inclined um, culturally. So um, I was introduced to dance at a very young age, um, three, Bharat Natyam. Then, oh, wow. you know, a lot of things we didn't know then that's not okay for bones and stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. You know how things were, everything was just organically happening in people's lives. Yeah. So I started Bharat Natyam then, I started uh, Karnatic Hindustani music and art. Mm. I think, um, yeah, that developed into joining um, SET, Students Educational Theatre, when I was about 12. I was probably the youngest. Mm. Um, and we started productions. And that Is that a bit like uh, Bangalore Little Theatre kind of thing? Like the so BLT, yes. SET got absorbed into BLT when we ah. lost Bandhan, our director. Uh, then Ashok Mandana took it over and BLT. Yes, we did a lot of productions with them. But SET By the way, if, 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 if British people come, they'll probably think that's a place where they serve sandwiches, right? <laughs> 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 what is this place, mate? <laughs> Everyone's dancing around. <laughs> Sorry, uh, bad jokes apart. Okay, no. So the the theater thing. So no, I, the reason I'm, I'm just trying to get a gauge of. I'm glad you're mentioning this. So you had this because the stuff you're talking about, this fiery need to for justice. When of course I think that it's cruel, right? When people tie firecrackers to a dog's tail or or they throw stones at animals, and and and, the, and of course then you have this this. This this love for uh, which which is of course inspired by your parents for for dance and creativity and theater. So now I just want to keep a mark of all of this because all, you're doing all of it. All of it has come to fruition in your in your life's work. So it's really a, a, yeah. There are remnants of it. There's some of all of it. I think in some mm -hmm. sense, mm -hmm. um, if we don't count the last two years, um, the last one and a half years of COVID. But yeah, yeah. Um, most of it is yeah. Interesting. I never thought of that. Yeah. Uh, where was that? So I so yes, theater then moved to then some producer directors saw me on stage and then asked if I could uh, move to TV serials. Oh, um, okay. 
So then a little bit of that. I was very young, Sandeep. I was 15. You don't, so, you're saying it like an apology. Don't worry about it because <laughs> I've done ads for Mintra. So my, my soul is sold. <laughs> my wife is running a fashion, sustainable e-commerce platform for ethical designers and I'm doing ads for Mintra. So... <laughs> No, so for me, no, no, I'm not. Did I sound apologetic? Okay. No, no, I'm that. joking. No. I'm joking. But uh, can can I can so, I ask you which which TV show this was? So, so the first one that I acted in was Three by Sridhar Shir Sagar. So okay. he he was known in Bangalore circles simply because he uh, made Khandan and Gharjamai and all of that all in Bangalore. Okay. And, you were a lot younger, but Vincent Manor was taken over and we had, you know, that's when Nina Gupta got launched and a whole lot of these people. Hey, is uh, Nina Gupta that lady thing. from that show, uh, the, the, the Fabulous Lives of Bollywood Wives? That's not her, no? No, that's not Nina Gupta. Mm, I doubt it. I haven't seen, but I doubt it, yeah. You must I watch doubt. that Fabulous Lives of Bollywood Wives. Is my that favorite the one? Netflix. Uh, no, no, no. I think my kids um, did show me a snippet and we were yeah. doing some us time and they were like okay so we've spent the night laughing do you want to laugh too and so i saw snippets of it but i everyone's everyone's really hated on it right like oh it's these pretentious bollywood women i'm like you know what that's what they know and they're being honest about it and i loved it it's way better than yeah it's it's really good they like they so sorry so i don't think that's ina gupta it it, it may be someone else okay now i remember the windsor manor being used for another movie back in the day by kamala hassan pushpaka viman that was a silent film yes with amla yeah that was yeah no so this same guy she that then he um they must have seen me on stage and then Mm. um they asked for me to act in um three three was 13 episodes each episode dedicated to some woman achiever okay uh this was ivan piljain um yes she did amazing stuff with the toda tribe Oh, okay. mm, luckily for me, I didn't get her uh, name. What's her name? Sorry, Ivan Piljain. Ivan Pil- so okay. I was to play the younger Ivan Piljain till mm-hmm. she moved on and you know did these major things. So yeah, so it oh. was shot amidst the Toda tribes in Uti and stuff like that. That was my first, and then moved on to do a couple, and then I moved on. He asked me when I finished graduation, and I was actually going to join Sophia's Bombay, but then mm-hmm. different things happened. I got married, of course, much later, but. Yeah, I, uh, he asked me to join him as assistant director. So oh, then okay. we made a couple of serials, again, all shot in Bangalore. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he took ill and then I got married. So that part ended. Um, okay. So yeah, the theater bit and what I teach kids uh, comes from there. Mm. So I'm just now I'm going backwards. I've never thought like this, Sandeep, but it's interesting. I'm enjoying this. It's, you know, you know, the other day I was interviewing a girl, uh, a lady for this. And she said, uh, sorry, is this a podcast or is this therapy? And I said, if you could take it for whatever it's worth, it's just that it's free therapy. So don't worry about it. <laughs> I love that because um, after chatting with you and you're just feeling this connection when I started off, you know, very apprehensive. Mm. Um I was just thinking it'll probably be an introspective thing and that's what it's yeah. turned out. Yeah. So coming back to my counseling and all the other things that I do where I, where it's like. Okay. I think just to, just to put things in perspective, because I, I think it just helps the people listening as well. Can you just list off the things? And I don't want you to feel awkward about it because I think you're doing amazing work. Can you just list off the things that you are involved in 
So it just gives um, us sort of context to go forward. Um, okay. Uh, so I work with animals uh, predominantly um, through the organization that I work with. It's Urban Wildlife. Uh, we rescue okay. and rehabilitate and um, all of that. And then, what about um, people for animals? Were you involved in that? Or that, did you is, start? that is uh, the Urban Wildlife. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Four of us founded it about 20. We have, we've completed 25 years. It's a oh, wow. Okay. So, okay. um uh, yeah, some great work is happening there. Um, amazing okay. team of people. Um, so um, that urban goes wildlife. on. Is that Bangalore specific or is that Pan-India, right? No, it's so so PFA is that's People for Animals is mm. Pan-India. Uh, okay. okay. It was started by Menika Gandhi. Uh, yes. Right, 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 right. Okay. No, yeah. that, that so was. We are okay. here, um, so we do our stuff. We do stretch our limits to a little outside Bangalore when there's a need. Because mm. macaques and things like that, if no one is able to rescue and and have them in the you know in the center for a while, if they need care, then mm. we intervene and we go. But right. otherwise, within Bangalore limits. Yeah. So urban wildlife. Um, I know that's a question. Urban wildlife right. would mean all those animals that are not domestic, right? Mm. Which would mean if you see a snake in your garden, if you see a bird hanging from the kites that we fly, the manja that remains on the tree mm. and a kite or a crow or an owl that's hanging from there. Uh, who oh, do you God. contact? You contact us. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. It's, it's terrible. Or you see an abandoned squirrel nest or you see a marker that has had acid thrown on it or it's been, there's a hit and run or an electrocution case. Good Lord. You contact us, right? Or you contact um, if you see that, uh, if you see a nest and you don't see the parent birds, um, what happens to the fledglings? They come to us, right? So okay. we hand feed, we hand rear, and then we do. You have them. a center where you can take in these yeah. animals and birds. We have a rescue. We have center. We have pets. Um, um, so you work we, in collaboration with uh, with, with organizations like uh, Animal Ambulance or Cupa or Second Chance and all of them, or uh, it's a different domain because it's. They do domestic. They so do we domestic. started off like that. Yes. And then we realized that this, this space wasn't taken care of. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you couldn't have a snake and you couldn't have a macaque and you couldn't have a crow right next to a dog and a kitten and a whatever. Yeah. So that's when this started off. Um, okay. So, so we, uh, we come under the Central Zoo Authority and the Karnataka Forest Department. So we don't uh, have animals right. like dogs and goats and you know things like so, that I, you know uh this is something which i i uh, don't know if it's a relevant question but um so when you you know when 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 we look at the forest um the that sort of thing when the national parks and with actual so-called wild animals like leopards and the the human animal conflict that happens when people encroach the forest lands and as a result you hear of man-eating tigers or leopards taking away cattle and as a result people poisoning them and stoning them but in uh, within a city like bangalore um specifically say bangalore or bombay or and these animals like crows or um my best friend's pigeons which oh god they terrify me um or even things like squirrels we we don't really think of them as um sentient beings that need the time of my of day right but uh, do you see an aggressive uh external extermination of these animals by people who don't want who call them pests right whether it's crows or pigeons and you have these people putting thorns and we all do it living in buildings but um with the sort of expansion of bangalore and the commercialization and this rapid development if you want to call it do you see an aggressive 
uh, attempt to wipe these creatures out? I wouldn't say that, Sandy. Okay. Um, no, I wouldn't say that. I think um, unthinkingly we're doing a lot of stuff that's okay. happening. Unthink. Okay. Um, yeah, I think most often it's sad, but we do things because we aren't aware. Mm, okay. So another big thing that PFA does and has been doing for the past 25 years very actively is awareness. Mm. Right. So we would go in person. We've covered over 4 lakh schools till 2019. Mm. Uh, 4 lakh students, what am I saying? Yeah. Right. And then That's since a lot of people, right? Been, yeah. And, and we have companies that we would have visitors nearly every day. So companies come and their, and their teams, they like to um, work with enrichment. Enrichment means, so we had a jackal or we have an otter. So then you create a space for it. So they work towards that. They paint cages. They do, um, they create mm -hmm. hammocks for um, young macaques who want to swing and play. So we try to give them an environment that's very similar to where they're going to get released into, right? So, so once they get a into a sense of yeah, a habitat. Into a group, yes. And before they're released, um, they're, they, they don't, there's no human contact. So the fruits are placed within trees, you know, ah. trees and, and the water, there's a drip irrigation thing, which works like um, they're able to drink water like this, like they would, you know. So, so you're trying to that make them. Cleaning, that needs, yes, that's so. So when they moved away, then, you know, we have teams that go there and do stuff. We have, um, we have toys that need to be placed, which the little baby often macaques play with. It's a lot of lot of things like that, which mm. which people enjoy doing. So, so where do you leave them? Uh, like you find these animals, like say, uh, what what's so the one you said swings off a hammock? It's is that a, is that a form of monkey? The one you, muck, no. The muck uh, so when I mean by hammocks, they're the little jewelers, the swings. Right. No, you mentioned what, what, is that an animal? The muck, the macabre. What did you call it? Sorry, I didn't the monkey, the... monkey. Yes, oh, it's the a monkey. monkey. Right. Yeah, so the these are in the city, right? I mean, while you say they're urban wildlife, uh, where do you leave them back? Do you leave them in, in a forest? Sur... In, okay, in, so they can go back to a forest. Palali, okay. Turahali, wherever. Ah, Savandurga, okay. depending on where, where. And we have the forest department accompany us. The RFO will accompany us. And we release okay. them. Um, yeah, so they socialize together. So once they're ready to um, be on their own, they we have uh, a nanny who's amazing. She's blind. She's mm -hmm. been with us for about 18 years. Um, so she kind of loves them, hugs them, and and gives them the motherly feel that they have missed. Sorry, um, one second. This lady, she's human, right? This person? No, she's a monkey. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. We've had Elizabeth. We lost her, but years ago two and a half years ago and oh, nanny, wait a second so this this um nanny is a blind uh, 18 year old monkey who nurses these baby monkeys so in terms of nursing um if i could show you so whenever i go to pfa or anyone goes to pfa you'll find her like this and mm. there'll be two three here and two three here she's holding them like this and her head is like this and um yeah she makes up i don't know I mean, I can but remember 120, 130 of often young ones who she's been mother to. Incredible wow. to see her. And only to monkeys, right? Or is it to all creatures? Oh, no, no, only okay, to monkeys. Okay, that would be a we miracle, lost, right? Yeah. <laughs> we lost Elizabeth. Elizabeth didn't have limbs. So we could never release them into the wild. There are. Yeah. We have Nina right now. We have the movie. We have a couple like that who can't go back. Um, okay, you're doing hope. something which I'm finding amazing because you're giving them names, right? 
so do you do it for all of them? Uh, because the attachment becomes that much more, right? For you to release them then. Yeah, I don't have anything to do with that. This is the team at PFA. They're amazing. So we have right. Kosambari. <laughs> <laughs> you mean like this? <laughs> yes, Kosambari, which you eat with Anasaru. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm not surprised because I've named my Labrador Jinke, which means deer. Yes. Uh, so but just to make it sound more formal, we call it Jinke Marie. <laughs> like, <laughs> she comes from the Queensland, yeah. you see. <laughs> The names are adorable, Sandeep. The names Kosumri, are absolutely. I like that. <laughs> if you ever want to visit the place, I can take you through an audio I, journey. No, I'd love to. I, it's just that you know. I'll tell you what my fear is. I, I okay. Um, just to give you context, right? This is a guy who's a friend of mine called uh, Vicky Franklin, right? He runs a dog uh, school. It's for. Uh, it's called Fetch. It's um, mm. past hair notes in that direction. So I took uh, Jinke, who's my Labrador, who. Was intention uh, the initial intention was to train her to be a companion dog because guide dog, a seeing guide dog in India is a bit difficult with our infrastructure. So I took Jinke, and the moment he saw, he's like, "Dude, she's she's not going to pass any any kind of exam because she's a full failure. She's got brown eyes, brown nose. Not going to listen to anyone." Um, and and I think Jinke heard that, and she's like, "Excuse me." So to prove a point, when we came back home, she rubbed her nose in grease to have a black nose. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Uh, but that place has, you know, of course, mainly pets coming there. But of course, sometimes he hear, he he obviously if people are so horrific, right? He's told me stories where they get the their kids a pet for summer, right? Like it could be a pet iguana, it could be a pet dog, or it could be a pet cat. And then they realize when these animals grow up, they need, of course, the animals, right? They need they need their playtime, they need their running around, they need exercise. Uh, they, I don't know uh, whether an iguana needs it, but whatever. So they just, after the three-month summer holidays, they realize it's too much work and it's easier to get an iPad and they just abandon these dogs or these creatures. And he said he's seen some horrific things where they just, they either they, they try to leave them on the road and they just say, you know, it's not our problem anymore. And he's told me some horrific things. So what I ask him is, how... And I'm going to ask you the same question is when you are repeatedly exposed to the, I wouldn't say, in, as you said, it's not the intentional cruelty of a human being, but sometimes, yes, people burning or acid or how do you do it day in, day out? And, and, and you're around people like this in the, the team from People for Animals or your own team. How do you keep up the resilience? How do you keep up that courage? How do you keep up your own strength, right? Because it must be heartbreaking at times. Yes, it is. Um, and the, the whole team that's there comes there and begins with volunteering. Um, they know what they're getting into and okay. then they pick on and then they become part of, you know, the whole, the whole gang that works. And right. um, so it's, I would say the three months of volunteering that most of the, most of the people do mm. helps. It kind of weans them into it. Right. Uh, never lessens the pain. Mm. It just never lessens the pain. Now, um, um, till year before last, we were doing stuff that would um, kind of soul fill, if you know what I mean. We'd mm. have a retreat and a couple of things have organized, but it hasn't happened, unfortunately, through COVID. But mm. um, yes, that's something which is um, which which I amaze at with the people there, the, the you know the rehabilitators, the vets. Um, and the thing is, you never get insensitive. You know, we talk of doctors, oh, they do surgeries and then people pass, right? Um, mm. um, I think it's just building your resilience, you know, yeah. in cases like this, especially with the voiceless. I mean, you, you choose to go there. You choose to quit a corporate job. Or you choose to not um, further the MBA degree to get you 
money, right? Yeah. And you choose to become a rescuer, which doesn't fetch much with an NGO after all. But the gratification, the there's something that happens. There's a shift that happens, you know. Yeah. Um, very often the animals come in such a bad state that no matter what care we do, we can't make them live, right? If they've been dehydrated for days on end, hanging from a tree where they have been partly sliced with the manja, right? The Chinese manja. Yeah. Um, that's coated with glass. So they this come the in such thread. a... Yeah, yeah. Yes, this is the kite thread. So... Um, there's only so much one can do right um, yeah. and it's terrible it's it's terrible i mean i don't even i'm not there i'm not in the icu so even when i visit it's outside you know people aren't allowed in the icu naturally right in the yeah. OTs. but no i mean it's you know the, the yeah. um, in uh, when uh, jinke my uh, was a pup uh, i mean not pup she was about uh, maybe uh, she was about two and uh, one and after and and She'd gone down in the building, and this is, of course, a very protected environment. And I, of course, yeah, can't yeah. Even compare what she's go, what she, her life to a, a wild crow or a wild uh, squirrel, right? But some idiot who had come to fumigate the building has thrown rat cake, uh, poisons of rat, uh, rat poison cakes, and this one, without knowing, has eaten it. And next thing, she's frothing, her tongue's hanging out, her eyes are bulging. I'm like, what is going on? And then I called Vicky. He said, just take her. So we took her to Cupa in, and. What I'm, the reason I'm mentioning this story is just seeing her helplessly thing. I mean, we got her in time. They gave her, you know, activated charcoal. She threw it up and then they didn't know what it was. We didn't know at that point it was rat poison, but they gave her all the kind of anti-venoms, the, the uh, whatever, the, the potassium. Sorry? They must have flushed her out. They must flushed have her out. They gave her potassium K or whatever the thing is, which is also for rat poison. They gave her all the things. But just seeing her in that helpless state shattered me. I was like, my God. And this is just, you know, and so when you say this, it's, it's, I think what, what happens, right? I mean, this, I'm speculating and of course, correct me if I'm wrong, but when you see that kind of pain with people who are doing this amazing work, it's kind of like they have a well of empathy that keeps building. And it, it's, and I think those are the kind of people like, that are keeping yeah. the, the sanity in the world, because on the other extreme, you have these, um, the, the well of greed that is never ending and keeps trying to be filled. But I think the, 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 the solution, I mean, we say spiritual leaders, we say whatever uh, the world might need for the future to be better. But people like you and the teams like um, the, the work that they're doing, whether it's with animal rescue or working with people who have been uh, subject to domestic violence or people who are helping rehabilitation for uh, war veterans or dis people with disability. I think this is the balance that is keeping some semblance of hope and sanity in the world because otherwise you look at it it's just crazy oh, right yeah sandeep you know i'm just thinking we're in a lot we're in a better place today we in the sense that um, i find compassion mm. um a lot more common to experience mm. than earlier people who want I think we're all compassionate beings. I think yeah. just somewhere something happens and we get self-centered or we just switch off or we live in denial. I think I the glass gets very murky. So we have to wipe it down once in a while, you know, the filter to life. Yeah. yeah. So I think as much as uh, social media has its uh, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> yeah. so great. Um, yeah. I, think, I think it's a great tool to educate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think there is a lot of stuff that I see. Um, so I'm 50, right? Mm -hmm. And I've seen 
consciously say 43, 44 years. I mean, I remember back till then. And I remember not that teasing and bullying is not common today, but there is a lot more awareness. So even if you don't know what you're doing and your friend corrects you, you are willing to change because there's a shift that's happening. I, I don't know if I'm explaining it right, but I'm just saying I that get it. I get it because earlier, I was... Earlier, uh, I would cattle when I was young with maggots and bleeding and I would like, you know, want to have stuff happening and I would do it and everybody would look at me um, thinking I'm like really wonky. Um, but today, the difference is that if I see a cow that way, there would be people who would not only just join me, but willing to take it over. And they say, you know, mm. can we do stuff? Do you have to get somewhere? That's the thing. Like, you know, when I get yeah. calls, Karma Karmas, uh, Karmikas call me, um, they're like all my buddies, all these people, because I used to do solid waste management in Sadashiv Nagar. We'd started off a thing called Sada Zero about 10, 12 years ago. Oh, you did solid, solid waste management in Sadashiv Nagar, is it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now, how come there's so many politicians still living there then? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to open my mouth? I'm not saying anything. <laughs> no, we're in a safe cut. No. God, that place, it's got a lot of solid waste. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a yeah. little inside joke. It's fine. I think freedom of speech, I think we of have course, it for a few more days in Bangalore. Just a few more no, days. If we get started there and if I tell yeah. you to tell you the inside stories of all the no, let's get there next but I want I want to I, I don't want to take away from this because yeah. you know um I think there's one thing where I, I think people listening right now right I think they feel oh you know if um and this is where I have a problem sometimes right like with animal activists and the, I'm not painting this with a with a broad brush stroke but there's some people like you guys do never uh you never do anything for the animals I'm like dude take it easy some people don't know right like there may be a girl or a guy who's not grown up with pets or animals and they might be a little squirmish uh of touching a dog they might be scared they might not know like for me if you ask me I'm terrified of birds Absolutely. I don't know, like the, when, a, when a pigeon flutters its wings, I'm terrified because for me, I can't see what the bird's doing. It's just a sound that is quite frantic. So when you see a p pigeon, when I, well, I might not even see a pigeon that's hurt, but I can hear something in pain, you know, you can always tell when an animal's in pain. So yeah. for, the, for people like that who aren't able to physically handle a bird or a squirrel, they shouldn't feel, oh my God, you know, I'm a horrible human being because I couldn't help. But they can call a center like yours. They can call a cupa second. And I think that is important to know that you can help even by connecting the right resource to that animal, I think, right? That is happening. It's amazing how people who are not animal people, like people yeah. I know, go all out of their way. Which not is amazing. Yeah. Sure, they also call to check. So we also give feedback. We constantly call, we share videos of the, you know, the progress of the bird or the animal or whatever. Yeah. And then we also share release videos um, so, so they see the progress. So if they haven't heard for a bit, sure enough, most of them call back to find out. They donate generously. See, whatever. this is as important. Had, yeah. You know, uh, Sandeep, few things I, I must share when we started this rescue work. I remember uh, the guys would come back with a pumpkin. They'd come back with a little rice. They'd come back with stuff in kind, which would move me no end, you know. Mm -hmm. um, you know, even till yesterday, day before, I think there was a crowd collection. So one manja case and um, um, 570 rupees was collected from the crowd. They, people went around gathering, you know, you take your hat around mm -hmm. in that sense. And I do that for my comedy shows, by the way. So it's not alien a thought. <laughs> <to me. laughs> it's just that I don't have a crowd. It's like two people. I'm like, here's my hat. <laughs> just, yeah. And usually they take it and walk away. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. 
<laughs> no, I'm joking. But no, that's yeah. no, that's such a simple um, yet generous gesture, right? Of uh, a crowd. They and they, you know, they, you convert it when you come and see the work we do. You convert it. So yeah. No, absolutely. So I'm just, yeah. I was coming back to the difference. Earlier, I would be doing the maggot treatment and and the wet handling and the, keeping the cow all by myself, right? But today, I find that as I was saying, these border karmikas call, get regular calls. Amma Kaveri Theater Atra, you know, there's a dog mm, 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 mm. there and, or um, whatever. I mean, thanks to them, all, most of the dogs, the three leggeds and the, uh, they all have their, they all their, their special stuff around. All the dogs outside my house, it's called the Kuttewali Gali for a lot of people who don't want to. <laughs> oh, are you, are you that person who every neighbor's like, she's the, she's the one who feeds them? <laughs> <laughs> I restrict it to this area so I can handle it. But yeah. Yeah, I know there's some people who are like, no, these people who feed the dogs, they don't understand what a menace because these dogs attack two wheelers. And I think that I think it's important maybe to address that there is a responsibility to um to uncontrolled uh feeding, right? Because I think it's yes. an entire entire it's an entire package where you have to make sure the dog is paid or neutered. You have to make sure that because it Definitely, it's, it's, because it's, it's a point, point of privilege when you're in a car. You, 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 you get. I mean, and the dogs are dogs. They're not all cuddly pets, right? They do have territorial fights. They do have aggression. Some dogs maybe rabid, and it's not just giving bread and saying, "Oh, hey, cool, my problem." Because it's a lot of people I think who mean well, but they don't understand that when they just give the bread and go home, it's not the end of the story. The dog is up to stuff, <laughs> you know, doing things. But I find that consciousness there a lot more now. Okay. Uh, earlier, I have known of people in the area poison the whole litter and the mother. And oh, good lord! Uh, yeah, uh, but now with a lot of awareness and a lot of activists who are out there counseling, explaining, things have changed. Okay, that's good uh, to hear. It's 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 um, a lot to do with the youngsters. It's it's a lot to do with um, with having a support in a group like you know if i were the only one who howled and cried and did stuff like that i mean i do stuff on my own i'm not part of a group but yeah but i'm just saying when the power karmikas call now mm. um and i share it with someone who's on um you know these groups that that work together to help animals yeah promptly i get a message privately saying hey do you want me to go there if you're busy can i be there till um you know care or cuba come to pick up the animal and I'm like wow you know crazy um yeah I haven't reached out to them I just asked does anybody anybody know anyone and I contact care of Kupa directly right but yeah so they immediately send their ambulance or whatever but there's somebody from this group who's taken up the responsibility to be there till the ambulance comes I haven't asked for it mm. and it's amazing they go through till the end there were some injured donkeys uh yeah so you know, a whole lot of people from Sadashanagar were up and about trying to make sure and um, that, you know, they were fed and they were treated and, and go to the Dhobi Ghat and tell them that, listen, we're barricading this place. We've come with the cops. You can't just let them out to eat garbage and plastic all the time. Now, that's taking it to another level. You know, I'm just saying this. I think there's a lot more compassion. And um, so do yeah. you... Um... This is something I've heard, right? Because I have a friend who works in... I can never get the name of this forest in... in um, up north, uh, ba ban Bandog? No. Bandavgarh? I think so, yeah. So his name is yeah. Hans, Hans Dalal. And he, so his story is remarkable. He's got cerebral palsy, but he loves the forest so much that he does these hikes inside and helps, um, you know, kind of uh, capture these man-eaters. Not, re you can't rehabilitate a man-eater, but kind of not just put them down, but they figure out a way, right? I don't know, I, I don't know what he does. But mm -hmm. the other side to it is 
also to re the rehabilitation of people who were poachers, right? So in this case, and you said the dobi cart or these people who have these jatka stands, uh, there is a certain amount of human uh, rehabilitation involved because they don't know any better, right? So is that something which yeah. you uh, also kind of consider in your program? Yeah, that reminds me of a story. Um, so we've done lots of things. We've stopped um, animals in circuses. We've stopped the madaris, um, you know, mm. the bear, the people who went around with bear and monkey and stuff like that. Oh, right, right. Um, so way back, we've done lots of things like that with the tiger and elephant. And so the madari thing, uh, that's something that I feel very sad about till date. Um, what is, sorry, I, I call me ignorant, bear, but what is madari? Madari is a bear thing? Okay. No, yeah. so these guys who walk around with bear and come to your house and beg, right? Who mm -hmm. ask for me. Um, so um, that was stopped and, uh, you know, law was passed and stuff like that. So all these bear were taken away from these men, right? The bear were part of their family. Um, mm. Yes, some of their mouths were stitched and they had ropes through their nose and it was cruel because they were picked up from the forest when they were very young and uh, taken around to, you know, how you take cattle around and, you know, on festivals and you play the, you know, whatever, Nadaswaram and you collect from us play, the same way. You, I call that hell. <laughs> it's God, like, It starts off, I'm like, oh my God, no, even that cow or the ox is just like, dude, okay, I know I'm a cow, but can you stop the noise? Play, play Usher, play <laughs> yeah. something. <laughs> Don't play this crap. <laughs> yeah, so, so those were taken away and they, yeah. um, because they all had TB because of the human contact, they couldn't. Oh, uh, the bears. Hmm. Okay, okay. Yeah, the bears. So they were all. There was a place given by Banargata, and all these bears were there. Um, Twenty-three or thirty-three of them, I don't remember. Now, what made me stop? Like I, I remember freezing when I had this thought about now. What about the Madaris? What mm. about these families that are dependent on their earnings from this bear and? They're nomadic, mm. right? They don't know anything else. And what yeah. about these guys? And um, I've got goosebumps, yeah. Um, so the thing was that not only did they not know what to do and they depended on this earning, they were very attached to the bear. The bear was yeah. very attached to the person. So, right? there, is a so there is a bond, right? Oh, of course. No matter mm. what we term as cruelty, which is, right? Which mm. is cruelty. But their forefathers did that. Yeah. They knew nothing else. Their sons would do that if this was this law didn't come and you know we didn't yeah. intervene. But could you have used them in that center as as yeah. help? So that's what happened? So we tried at that point to um, to tie up with a lot of NGOs that work with humans and rehabilitation and stuff like that. A lot was not successful, but quite a few of them who were willing were mm. hired to look after those bears at Vanagata. So that was you know some solace. Um, right. Not all. But some of them would moved away. Right. So that's what I feel Sandeep is missing. You know, that whole complete circle like, yeah. of work. Are you yeah. getting what I'm I think sometimes oh. there is a, a gap in the, I don't want to use the word chain, but there is, um, there, there are sort of, there are sort of issues where um, there are some, you know, there are a lot of different people in the part of the process who are well-intentioned, but it doesn't come together. And as a result, you don't. Um, the, the, you know, the, the, there are some, <clears throat> some either people or, or, or animals or some things that kind of aren't on par because of this uh, gap, I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because, you know, look at the astrologers. They all have parakeets, right? In their little cages who pull out the cards. Wow. Okay. I didn't know that. Okay. 
Okay, so so these you know these these they have these leaves, the pamela leaves. Uh, ah, yeah, right. Okay, okay. Yeah, and with them they have this parakeet in a little cage. So they mm. let the parakeet pick on the on on the card, and then they tell the person's fortune, right? Right. Uh, and future and whatever. Now these parakeets, their wings are clipped. Right. And that's but once like the the wing wings clipping is every bird in captivity, right? Like the, I mean, I I don't they have those ones the traffic lights which are colored? They sell them. The small little ones. They're they all dipped. Look... In, yeah, like the bajrigas, they're all dipped in dye. Oh, good lord! God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we take we take away the parakeet from this man, right? Mm-hmm. We're supposed to confiscate him. We get a call. Our rescuers reach there. We take the parakeet away. I mean, but so someone like him guy... does he know it's going to happen because he can read the future? <laughs> <Sorry. I joke>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I'm glad you're bringing in humor into this heavy stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a genuine thing, right? If you're that good, I mean, people will be like, "Yeah, he should have seen this coming," right? <laughs> but clearly, he's not as good as he claims to be. So, if you see if you see an astrologer with his parakeet, then you know he's the right one because he's predicted the future and he's done some preventive stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, so what sorry, does he do? Uh, yeah. yeah. What does uh, he no do? Counseling yeah. him. I mean, our guys speak to him. They explain to him that this is not okay. um you know you can get caught whatever so that's where they're confiscating it it's illegal because it's an indigenous species it's not an exotic bird you can't have it in, you know yeah. it, it's supposed to be free wildlife of india right um but the thing is what after that what after that yeah. if he's going to go back and get another parakeet if he is not re- rehabilitated yeah. and if he's not taught to do something else which he's willing to do and can be good at and on right for everything yeah. i'm saying but For generations, if that's all they've known, uh, with yeah. these people with When the bear. When we empower, we go to villages. We empower women. Are we yeah. empowering them? Yeah. Are we to deal with them? Are we speaking to their in-laws? Are we speaking to the adults? Are we speaking to the panchayat? A lot of it, yes, we do. A lot of groups look at things holistically, mm. but I'm just saying, there's a lot of learning. There's a lot of evolving we need to do in in the way we go about stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, I'm just thinking, yeah. So no, it's it's tremendous it's a it's such a tremendous task because it's not uh unidimensional right it's not about just taking that i mean when you when you say there's that the kite thread uh which is hurt god forbid a kite because that just be horrible coincidence um but then it's not just that one instance right it's the, it's that god forbid a kite meaning no when a, if a, the thread which is used to fly a kite goes and hurts a kite which is the bird well, well the bird the most we get several calls a day for kites several calls right so what i'm trying to say is that's one you need one one aspect of it but now there are other things that these threads themselves are being made by kids or being being made by people which is they inhaling glass powder now if you take away that thread which hurts kites i'm i'm trying to say the 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 the, the story it doesn't end and begin at one point right so the, so the, so the manja the glass coated manja is banned it's been banned for 7 years now but we still have it right but we still have it around yeah yeah that's the whole thing uh, it so there's been a movement we've been trying to you know you got to impose things you know you got to yeah. be active about checking about where it's being manufactured people are doing it at their homes and through mm. covid it was a fantastic pastime because you were doing it in your terrace and you were playing with the, the neighbors okay oh and yeah. you know uh, so we would get like 13 14 calls a day most mm. of them were kites unfortunately mm. um but whatever the bird i mean 
Um, yeah, because yeah. it's 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 literally uh, when it's taught and it's at full extension, it is. I, I remember this. It was a my sister's classmate. I don't know why suddenly this thought came to my head. She was dri- riding her uh, bike. I think one of those. Uh, it doesn't matter which bike. I don't know why I'm being specific about the bike. And she was riding across the road, and this thing was across. She didn't obviously you can't see it, right? It's a fine thread, and it's I think nice. ended up slicing her forehead apart. Like, yeah. I mean, she didn't. Uh, I mean, she. It was a bad scar. But you can only imagine what it'll do to a bird or to to any creature, right? Yeah, yeah. Crazy. That's a lot of heavy stuff, Sandeep. <laughs> yeah. No, no, but no, I, I, no, I want you to talk about this stuff because a lot of times we, uh, cherry, of course, uh, you know, we we kind of like cherry pick or we coat it in sugar, and I, I don't, uh, I don't want people to think that there's either or. Either you are hands on going no. to villages, going to rescuing, or you're just oblivious, right? I, I, there is a middle ground where you can, in some small way, because I'm not a person who's um, I'm squirmish, right? I, and I'm maybe not the most courageous when it comes to if I see a wounded dog, because you, you can't just go approach a wounded dog because the dog will attack. It's trying to defend a, a wounded animal is dangerous. So yeah. you must be educated and you must not feel helpless. Like you must be like, you know what? I do have a smartphone. I might, I do have access to something. Uh, so I think this is where the conversation I want to bring in people who are like, oh, what can I do? There are things you can do. So maybe, you know, at the of end course. of the conversation, we will drop Just all the one- numbers and links that people yeah. can reach out to. So sure. go on. Yeah, go on. Sorry. I'll share that with you. Yeah, I'm just saying um, a lot of the times, you know, you bring home a fish in a little plastic bag mm. for your kid and then your kid's excited and you say, oh, wow, this is a fantastic return gift to give for my child's birthday that's coming up. Oh God. So there's 60 oh. little goldfish and 60 plastic bags, mm. right? Can't we give the the kids as a return gift? <laughs> just take, I don't know. <laughs> just If they're that flippant about life. <laughs> no, if they're that flippant. Oh, I have two kids. Just take one. I don't know. It makes, makes sense. <laughs> no, that's cruel. That's cruel. <laughs> yeah, because I think compassion just no, knows no bounds, right? I mean, if yeah. I had a road. No, I'm doing this. It's purely as a joke. I mean, that's uh, that's how ludicrous my thing was. Like, if you're that no, flippant no, about it. life, yeah, yeah. You know, I get this thing. Um, I mean, I think life is all about balances, and yeah. uh, you know, so if I were a heady animal activist, I would want to give that roti to the dog, saying the do- the dog will not find a way to get a roti, um, mm. and I would not give the hungry child who's also there. But I can't get myself to do that. I, yeah. I would divide it. I think. Yeah, yeah. You know, no, and I think just, that's sometimes what happens, right? You're you getting biscuits for the dogs. And sadly, in our country, there are humans living in more squalid conditions than some pets. And I remember doing this as yeah. a bit on stage. And of course, it's a, it's, it's a joke. I want to tell people clearly that it's a joke. That's saying that there are some families who have a St. Bernard, which they spent um, two and a half lakhs importing from wherever they imported it. Or they have this Korean Mastiff, which costs that much. And then they have a guy who's taking care of the dog who's not got an education, right? So this dog has a birth certificate, but the guy, and this is, it was genuinely a funny uh, observation of how people are so oblivious. And just what you said, they, they, they're spending lakhs of money on the food for the dog, which is pedigree, this kind of quality, but they don't care at all about the person taking care of the dog or the human, you know? It's very, very prevalent. It's prevalent yeah. uh, in our society. It's all over. It's people I know. Yeah, it's very sad. So the dog gets ghee rotis, and the the staff doesn't. the The staff doesn't get to go to the same doctor that you do. 
Um, yeah, I mean, even with babysitters or with nannies, right? They, they bring them out with a kid and they're sitting at the same table. We, in fact, my, my dad pointed this out. Like last week, we were at a restaurant and this lady is taking care of the child and they're not even giving her anything to eat. I'm like, dude, so it, it's it's there across the board, right? So what do you do with such people? Like, how, can, can you put... hoping these- the next generation brings about some awareness. Yeah. But no, but is there a way to put these people down who behave like this? I mean, do you do this? Do you know any center where you can just complain about these and put them down? <laughs> I'm being ridiculous now, sorry, but no, but I'm just saying, imagine if if uh, if there were certain norms that you had to follow, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then people would do it just out of fear without thinking. Yeah, they just do it because they had to do it, right? Why do and we how do we bring that about? How do you tell? Because people say, like, no, 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 I don't do it because this the, the automatic thing is no, someone else does it, right? But how do you enforce a thing without making people defensive, putting them in a corner? Because there must be a way just like, uh, you know, the, there's a thing, right? When Indian, the same Indian who litters here, the moment they leave Heathrow, they don't litter there or whatever, whichever country. Oh. So how do you put that fear? Like in Singapore, they, they are terrified, like of spitting chewing gum or whatever but how do you get that in a country of our um diversity our country of disparity where it's so much how do you enforce when there's a live people depend on a dancing bear for livelihood how do you bring about and, and maybe this is too vast a question maybe it's too uh broader topic for you to cover this thing but from your experience how do you sensitize people how do you bring about this little reform how uh, and how can it be and is it even possible to do on a policy level or is it more individuals and groups trying to make that change? Uh, I think we need a revolution for a lot of things. But yeah. um, so something I remember now when we when we started the solid waste management, um, mm. everything was going to Malwali and everywhere and, you know, just making. Sorry, so that was the landfills, right? That. That was the landfill. And um, so one or two of us decided in Sadashivnagar to start this. We named it Sada Zero. And then um, then a whole gang of people, you know, we we became one big active gang and we would go down streets every day. We'd have these presentations and coffee mornings and we'd distribute three bags, all of that. Mm. We went every week to every home through Sadashivnagar. We helped them segregate. We taught them that sanitary napkins go here and your tetra packs go here. And we actually did it with our bare hands to teach them because they'd say, And some, even after four years, refused to do it, right? So what we did then, we had a brainstorming session, all of us. And we said, you know what? Let's get their neighbors on a Sunday morning. And we're there. We're a gang of 10, 12. Invariably, at least six, seven would come in every Sunday morning. And this is all specific to Sadnagar, right? Yeah. This would happen anywhere, right? Sorry, I call it Sadnagar. It's just one of those things. I love (laughs) this. Hey, it's a lovely place. Okay. No, I just live there. It's home for me. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so what would happen uh, was that we would go to their home and say, good morning. How are you? How are you this Sunday morning? And, you know, you guys must have been so annoying. (laughs) 20 people and you're in your lungi and your, you know, white vest and you've got yeah. a coffee, coffee tumbler in your hand and you're like, yes, what do you want? And you're like, we are neighbors, you know, we've been, you know, we were just wondering what you were doing with your solid waste, your plastic, what were you doing right. with your thermocol? We'd like to come and collect it. We've been trying to do this for four years and we've been unsuccessful. We were wondering if there was some way we could help you be a part of this movement. You see your neighbors have been giving for four years. Oh, believe me, complete conversion that Sunday and every Sunday. Office. I think just out of sheer fear going, I don't want them back in my home ever again. No 
no, brilliant. Is, no, no, I'm joking, is, but brilliant. It is the neighbors. It is the neighbors. They don't want their immediate neighbors to feel that they're not doing what should be done. It's peer pressure, every... right, right. That's it. Brilliant. Neighbor pressure. Neighbor pressure. You know the thing, there's, there's this one lady who was, I remember vividly, she was one of the neighbor's maids, right? I really think she could have qualified for one of these um, field events in the Olympics, like either shot putt or javelin, because this lady would leave uh, the neighbor's compound, the house, and the, the you know the, the the ring the garbage ring the the ring yeah. which got made for the, the, the earlier days one. yeah it was about maybe a good sixty feet away from this house so the moment she'd leave <laughs> and there's no like not in segregated ways not in garbage bags it was in that dabba right in the in the thing we collected she would <laughs> fling it and this thing would make its arc of course scattering garbage which the neighbors would you know think and it would make it 60 feet away and it and by the time it reached there was no garbage left because it's just spread across the road <laughs> and i was like my god and we told them like well, can you can you give her bags and they were like no 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 once and that was that mindset i'm glad it's changing but once it leaves my gate it's no longer my problem uh because there was that corner you know the corner on sadashim nagar i'm sure the corners across bangalore where there would be the, the the ring which was the dumpster but there would be no garbage in it but everywhere Got around it, it. Yeah. and i was like what is going on right so i think mum started this thing where we would at least put it in bags because the people dealing with it the people collecting garbage they have no gloves they have no sanitation equipment they would be in filth and there would be needles there would be um you know there would be so many things which could hurt them right this that's hey. why we started this because by the end of it the the parakarmikas the whole team they were our yeah. friends we had had coffee dosa together and you know it's down in the lower level park and yeah um, they would share with us how much money they're making every month because they would go directly sometimes to jolly mahalla or wherever and sell the plastic you know segregated stuff it was a right. lot of money because otherwise if it was mixed with wet waste they would fetch nothing right yeah 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 things changed i mean i must say we reached about 93% uh, yeah Except for yeah. few homes which were like guest houses and stuff, which didn't have much. But then, since we numbered every home, and no, it's amazing it's because Sadashnagar, of course, is a much more you could say controlled environment where there are so-called more educated people. So-called, the emphasis being so-called, um, because you do have the main solid base which we spoke about earlier. The 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 ones education that... gets you nowhere. You know how many people, professors, mm. doctors, um, who have said, uh, "Why are you irritating us?" I've had a laptop thrown at my belly. Uh, ah, this is for you and rolled up newspaper tied with a rubber band and say here you as if i'm going to sell this and feed my family so many homes we've had being cross questioned we've been shouted at from you know the first floor we've uh, do they feel threatened or do they feel like they know it all and you are like a like vermin trying to educate them what what is that where does that come from because i know uh, and that, that's the point i was trying to make education as an academic prowess has absolutely no and i it, it, you know, people always huh. revere these guys. Oh, he's a PhD. He's a total prick because they, they are the ones who are not willing to change, right? In many cases. I'll give you a few examples since we are at this. We had oh, an old gentleman. Yes. He was yes. 83, 84 years old. Mm -hmm. He softly comes and whispers over the, there was myself and a friend and he whispers over and he says, can you talk to my son and daughter and law? See, my wife and me, we were staying here for very long. You see, for a few months we've done. Now they have come, they've returned from abroad. Mm, they don't see the they yeah. <laughs> returned from abroad yeah. and they don't see the need and they get angry because I have two two bins in every place. 
Oh, and these are the so-called people who did uh, the green bins, red bins in the US or in the UK, wherever they I'm went sure to. Yeah. I never could get that. I could just never get that. So he's asking us to speak to the children, his son and daughter-in-law. We did that. Uh, they wanted to know how much they have to pay for the bags. We said the bags are free. We replaced them free. They have laminated names, photographs in Canada, Hindi, English. So even your staff at home, if you're not doing it yourself, knows that this goes into this and that goes into that, right? Yeah, yeah. And we would further segregate and then Parakarmukas further segregate. So don't worry about it. Just start doing it in whatever way you can. We will come and pick it up. You just have to hang it at your gate. We will not disturb you. We don't ring bells. But it was such a struggle in spite of that, Sandeep. It was and such it's scary. For, I mean, I feel bad for that father because, you know, and this is goes de I'm digressing a bit from the way, but like a lot of these people whose kids leave and then they just come back because, they, oh, yeah, we're back in India, it's home. No, and, and they leave, no. they want to come back to a country which they taught, they, they treated like a dumpster, right? They oh, ate their ice cream wrapper and throw it on the ground. They're like, oh, it feels so good to be back home. I'm like, oh, is that what you do in your home kind of thing, right? But the way they even treat their parents is so demeaning, right? They're like, no, 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 you are worth nothing now. I've come back from foreign. I've got great stock in Microsoft or whichever goddamn company they work for. No offense to Microsoft, but uh, they <sighs> typically happen to be these kind of people with this attitude. And, and There are a lot yeah, of homes yeah. like that with the older uh, folks are yeah. staying by themselves. Um, yeah, I don't because think this you don't have assisted living or retirement homes where these people can, and when I say these, I mean the older people can live with dignity. And in fact, these people like they see them as a burden. They're like, oh, now I want my inheritance, and they literally treat their. And I've I've heard this from firsthand experience, right, where people are treated like 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 total crap because these kids now realize that if they don't aren't seen as responsible kids who love their parents, at least they don't do it. They're just seen doing it. They you know, people talk and, you know, Indians worried about, oh, image, right? But it's it's terrible that it's I happening. I think some incorrigible, they don't even, they're not even concerned with that. Even if that were a driving force for them to be just decent human beings, right? I don't think I don't that even think, exists for them, yeah. No, I think they're so, I don't know, I don't have a word for them. They think they're cruel, yeah. Yeah. No, and I'm you sure you've heard of stories like this. You can't do it to your parents. And, you know, if only each of those people realize that what they're doing unto their parents, their children are watching. Yeah, but these people are the same ones. And this is what gets me, um, Arushi, is that these are the same ones who will sit across the table or in a boardroom or in some stupid diversity and inclusion meeting and say, you know, I read a Michelle Obama's book where she talked. I'm like, shut the fuck up. What are you talking about? You, you have your parents sleeping in filth and you're talking about this and this is the hypocrisy and the double standards that gets me i'm like you have no business sitting on the panel of your diversity inclusion committee at your company when you are not looking after your own parents and yeah. giving them dignity giving them a giving them a life which they struggle to give you you know you know i'm just saying i'm just thinking I, a lot of cases that i hear mm. see our antennas go up when there's something that has, when there's a bit of news that has to do with us. Yeah. That's when we pick it up and it stays with us. Yeah. Right. And then we want to talk about it. Like as if it's, 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 it like conceals what we're actually doing. Mm. Most often you see people in glass houses like to throw stones at others. Yeah. Most yeah. often. Yeah. Not always, but you know how it is. I mean, yeah. I guess it just. No, we spoke about this yesterday at the point where I said that you don't want to 
you don't want to look at your own shit, right? You don't want to, you don't look at your insecurities, your problems, that the the things that go into making you, which are not all, always good. But instead, of, yeah. that's a tough, that's a painful journey sometimes for people. Like, oh God, I, I've done. Instead of that, you want to point fingers, the glass house thing. You want to say that person because of that we're like this, because of this community we're like this, because of these kind of, uh, because of non-vegetarians, the planet is thing. Because of, I'm saying, the blame game. That's you, the biggest you, problem I feel we're in right now. Yeah. So anything of the bigger you do, problems. now, if you go, if there's a cruelty case and you go people's walls build up immediately, right? If you go to address them. Or yeah. when we were doing Sada Zero, when the solid, solid waste thing. Now imagine if I have people coming to my home, like I see a group of four or five people and I'm like, oh, oh what's happened? What have I done? What's mm. going on? I don't know about. So the first thing is my defenses are up. Yeah. Right? So, you know, I want to be aggressive. I want to protect myself. It all depends on the tone that those people adopt. Yeah. Because we're not used to systems being set in place by authorities who are supposed to. So when our neighbors and people around come to do it, we feel like something's being pointed at us and we don't mm. like that. Mm. You go um, automatically on the back foot. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think that will change because people are now out there reading things which maybe their circles wouldn't have told them about or discussed. Mm. Um, um, people are on WhatsApp groups where different opinions are being shared. I really think that helps. I found homophobic people. Uh, three years ago, people who are highly homophobic aren't aggressively homophobic. It's I a mean, great... because it turns out they're gay. <laughs> you notice that? <laughs> <laughs> Sandeep, not that. <laughs> it's true. Those Some of those people, they're just like, oh, those people and all. And next thing you find out 20 years later, like, what happened to that guy? He's like, uh, dude, he's actually, it turned out that he's gay. <laughs> and they're like, ah, okay. <laughs> Yeah, that could be. I never thought of that, but that could be. Yeah. I mean, so it's sometimes they go to the opposite thing, right? Because they're hurting yeah. so much, uh, yeah. because of uh, they are scared how the family will perceive them if they are gay or if they how their friends will reject them. So they're like, you know what? The best way is to be macho to hate on gay people or hate on uh, bully disabled people because they want to be. And I feel so bad for them because it's a social conditioning of masculinity has to be re represented in a certain way. You go to the gym, you have big muscles, you drive big cars, you you make fun of people who limp or in a wheelchair or you make fun of people who are different from you. Those are the ones. Yeah, this whole macho thing is... Yeah, um, those are the ones who are the most sensitive and they're hurting inside. And just put it out there that, you know, you don't need to do it. And uh, I think that's why sometimes the most amazing people are the ones who are who are okay with the vulnerability, whether it's people with disabilities, yeah. people who've seen adversity, people who've seen loss. They're the ones going, you know what? There's no need to put up this front of this fake bravado or this... It's over, a very... Yeah. It's there even with girls it's it's not just mm -hmm. males. No, of course right? both genders I'll share, I mean, all genders yeah, yeah. i'll share one thing you know i was doing a workshop um, so because i do theater therapeutic theater i don't do performance based yes theater. i want to get to that now because you know that you do so many things we've already um spoken a lot about one aspect of your work but can we get yeah. us travel so this example i want to share at this point i mm -hmm. forget so i was doing this with a group of about 22 youngsters who were about 21 at that age. Yeah, they were about 21. Um, and it was identity, gender, and violence. Identity, gender, and violence. Okay. Right. right? And we had, um, we had, again, 20, 23 days. <laughs> yeah. 23 days in which we were to do the workshop morning to evening. Uh, okay. Very intense. Um, and then culminated in a performance. 
This is therapeutic theater. Okay. So, yeah, so I was invited by an organization. I mean, I was invited by an institute which does right. art and design. Okay. Um, and children chose to do what they wanted to do. So I had these 22 kids who were 21. Mm-hmm. And we had 23 days to, to culminate it in a performance which was going to be open to the public. Okay. And it was an identity, gender and violence. So I'm not going into identity and gender. I'm going to get to the point where I, where I remember this, right? Mm-hmm. So when we're sitting around in a circle and I said, we're going to do violence. Um, two hours, three hours passed. I remember it was a Thursday and nobody claimed they had ever experienced any kind of violence in their lives. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. 22. 22 kids. Mm. And they've and lived for 21 I, years. That's quite a good And I started to speak to them. Mm. And I said certain things in a certain way. And I said, what did you feel? And I said something nice to the next person. And I said, uh, um, hey, why are you sitting your, with your legs crossed like that? You know, mm. and then I said, how did you feel? And then they said, whoa, what was that about? And I said, so did, how did it impact you? And they were like, well, it shook me up. You know, you mm. don't talk like that. And, you know, so I said, wasn't that a kind of violence? And they're like, mm. no. And then, you know, I, I, I addressed every one of the 21 of them. And something, something opened after that. I had a girl say that, she had to move out of her PG because every single day she showered, the ventilator was in a spot where um, these guys from the neighboring building could see her and there's no way she could reach to cover it. And I said, so what do you think that was? Then I had a boy say that every morning his day began with when he was at home, he was here in hostel. Um, his dad yelling, shouting, he had an abusive dad. And I said, so that's okay. Um, what did you feel every morning? I was very scared every morning. I, I wanted to go to school without going walking to, on eggshells. To the yes. common, yeah, to the common room to eat breakfast with my mom and my brother. And, and it went on. Then I had another guy who said, So you know what happened, Avishi, yesterday? And I said, What happened? And he said, Well, I washed my hair. So he had long curly hair to hear this guy. And he said, So I washed my hair. So when I wash it, it, it's even longer. And I got onto my bike and I was going from one PG to the other. And a guy came on a bike and pinched my backside. And I revved up and I started to chase him. And when I took him on and I took off my helmet, he realized I'm a guy. Mm. Right? So he threw something at me and then he sped away. And I said, so what was that? Mm. He said, yeah, that was violence. Mm. I said, "Um, yeah, so at the end of the I think the there's evening, a sense that violence has to be stabbing in the heart or sh- being shot by a gun or being whipped by some. Because I'll give you uh, my context to what you just said, because I was like that. Um, I was, I didn't know, you know, I thought a certain tone of speaking was the way to speak because I heard people around me speak like that, whether it was family or certain. I don't want to name anyone because it's not uh, required to bring them into this. But when my wife was like, Sandeep, you know, when you talk like that, it really makes me... Th-. And I said, but I'm not using a single bad word. I'm not cursing. She's like, no, it's not that. It's a tone. You, It's dismissive. It's demeaning. It's not respecting me as a human being. And I was like, whoa. And I used to get defensive, right? I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. You can't hear. And I, I used to go down that path and a self-justification saying, no, you don't know. You're being oversensitive. Then it, it, it it's so hard. And that's what I was talking about yesterday, right? It's that journey of looking within going, okay, you you might think that it's fine, but for years you just did it because you didn't know, you didn't want to think beyond the acceptance that this is the way it's been taught to me and I'm going to do it because I, I've been surrounded by people who do it anyway. Whether it 
And it could be something as simple as sounding critical, right? Like the first thing you wake up, like why you wake up so late? It's not cruelty. It's not a physical violence, but it's not required. It can be said in a different way. And when I realized that, it was literally like, um, uh, I, I wouldn't say eye-opening because that wouldn't make sense in my case, but it was, uh, it was a big shift in the way I looked at things I did. Of so course. it's very important that you mention that, because it, when I, when you when you or me tell somebody a, a child in the morning first thing, why do you wake up so late? Yeah, the feelings that the child stays with is, gosh, I've mucked it's, up again. You become so I'm critical about enough. every aspect of your life. You're like, oh, I'm worthless, and you're just every activity. Then I'm telling you from personal experience is to not evoke that emotion from people around you so you end up then start you, faking you know, it you start living a lie you start absolutely. you stop you stop sort of putting out your true feelings how you actually feel because you're scared you're always scared that you're in the wrong yeah and i'm I telling agree. you from this is my example and if anyone you know this is not of course not therapy but it 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 my own example and 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 now when you stop living in that fear because you know what you know your self worth is there and once you start speaking and aware of the way your tone is it's almost like you are starting to live again or live properly for the There's first a lot time. Of unlearning one has to do right yeah because unlearning is such the biggest learning I did in 2019 2020 2020 2021 is un unlearning things that I took for granted, things that I thought were the way to do things and say things. And because it's role models, right? People around you, whether they're inspiring or uninspiring, but sometimes you're unconsciously being influenced by them. Yeah, this takes me back when we were, um, you know, what you were talking about, like saying, why do you wake up so late? So I had a lot of uh, people we who approached me to do a parenting workshop once. Mm -hmm. And so a group of us who... Uh, my colleagues who uh, did counseling with me, we decided to design one way back. I'm talking about 20, 24 years ago, 23 years ago. And the day I was doing communication mm -hmm. as one of the things for that day, I uh, greeted every lady who walked in to the space differently. Mm. Um, I hugged some of them. I ignored some of them. I held some hands and I looked into their eyes I said sweet things to certain people, certain people I stared at. Yeah. And there were a group of 12 women, mothers, right? Uh, one started to cry. Mm. And that's how I started the whole communication thing. Mm. And we started by sharing about how each of them felt with the way I greeted them. Believe me, it was such a dramatic thing because... Yeah. Uh, I said, so that's communication. So what did we do yesterday that we can think of with yeah. our children that could be different? Yeah. Oh my God, I think it was transformative. You know, right. you've got to feel it, right? You've got to feel it um, because otherwise you don't know. So most people don't know. That's the whole thing. They I don't think a lot want of energy to take a moment to stop and think. Yeah. 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 I think it's all about awareness, you know. Um, and I feel that's the crack in which social media has exploited this emotion, this this failure of social media is where um, people who are don't know any better in the sense, not because they, they don't want to, but they just don't know. They don't pause in life. So they're just like, you know what? Uh, the existing way is exaggerated and it's magnified to an extent where it's creating damage where, I mean, you said you're 50. Yeah. I'm sure there are 
people in your age group and older who have not come to terms with their emotions about how they feel, the way they treat other people. And those people uh, using the the who are who don't want to admit that they're growing older they're not they're not aging with dignity so then you put social media in their hands and you have a bunch of performing monkeys who are who are dying inside you know yeah you you never get to know what they're really going through that's the sad part because they've never had an opportunity right i just wish yeah. Yeah, I think your neighbors, you said they're coming up with construction. I can hear it now, finally. <laughs> that you can? Noise. Just, just okay. now. I think they heard uh, the social Two media story. <laughs> Two neighbors. Yeah, just shut the doors and windows and I was just keeping my fingers crossed. That, no, no, it's fine. Went. It's fine. I just you pointed it out that it might be, a, uh, might be a, a sound, but I just picked it up now. But sorry, yeah. Oh. So yeah, the, the thing is, it's not about youngsters. I think people across age groups are suffering and they're not able to uh, confide in anyone because... You know, therapy might be seen as stigma. They don't have, and it's so sad. Many don't even have friends to talk to about these things. Imagine if we had it in our educational system, right? Empathy. Yeah. Imagine yeah. if you taught compassion and you can't teach compassion, but you can teach someone. It's a skill that can be developed. Being empathetic, mm. I think. Absolutely. Um, imagine if we taught all of that instead of history dates and stuff. Imagine if we taught. Um, mm. um, you know, expanding our creativity and honing our skills rather than... This should be a part of home science. This should be a part of sociology. This should be a part of maths or whatever subject, right? It's all about achievement. What you can... The subject that gets you the quickest job is the one which is picked by most students. But, um, you know, uh, I told you about this when we spoke on the phone yesterday, but disability was always about brush it under the carpet, right? Now And now it's all about, oh, inclusion. But there's a middle ground. It's about balance again. It's not just about accepting without understanding. It's about, oh, we I opened the door for a thing. You have to be sensitive, of course. But it's also about this being sensitive to yourself, right? About being aware that you also are a human being and you can't just unnecessarily use the right words. Say, oh, I use PC culture. I use PC words. I'm good. I'm such a good human being. And I posted about this dog. It, it, none of that is, matters if you're not feeling it and doing it for the right reasons because you want to, you know? Yeah. It's, it's a lot driven by what people think of us and yeah. how we want to say and show out there and yeah, you can't ho push a wheelchair person in front of 100 people and the moment no one's looking, you know, topple them down a staircase. Right? That's not the way things work. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just hopeful. I'm just saying, Yeah. Uh, even if people begin by doing things um, unthinkingly and without really having their heart in it, yeah, it just might convert them. It It's a good start. It's, it, it, I, I think... It, it's good to at least it's, rather than not doing anything at all I think it's good just because yeah. you've woken up to seeing this crow hanging from this branch and you can't deal with it not yeah. because you want to save the crow you call PFA yeah and then I you see them handling it beautifully and you see that it's taken them three hours to go up that 120 feet to get to rescue the crow because you've seen it from your eighth floor you know yeah. whatever uh, and um then you see the gentle care and then you say, so what is this organization about? And, and then our people share stuff and then they say, we want to come and visit before we give a donation. Yeah. Believe me, the visit is transformational. Even what the rescuers do, what they've been through. I, can, I can't um, even imagine how much. Uh, so that person from the eighth floor who woke up just saying, oh, I don't want to deal with this site. Yeah. Has changed by the evening, I think. At least they're not, you know, for a kid who sees this or hears the story where someone does so much and it involves so much effort and care to rescue, in their heads, just a stupid crow, but they're doing it. 
even if it involve if even if that means the next day the kid doesn't throw a stone again that's huge right i think it's huge yeah that's why we're doing these webinars we're spending a lot of energy we reach out to schools um where we're doing these online webinars we have modules yeah. Yeah. about ecosystems about man animal human animal conflict about stuff mm. like that schools reach out to us we do it free of course the kids are loving it they learn a lot they um and we love it you know we have a team so we work towards this create this stuff yeah so because yeah, i think brilliant. the most far reaching difference you can make is through creating events i think that's you know? well said baby steps anything and any small little gesture of good is is important it shouldn't just be big wins like oh i saved 30000 tigers no even if it's like as you said you know i don't like that that pigeon being you know whatever you know being in pain outside i don't like the noise of that i don't like the noise of the slaughterhouse around me it's for whatever selfish reason if the if the outcome is good i think it's great it's better than not doing anything i i've changed i've changed i mean i was different earlier i would want to just go and throttle somebody who's whipping a dog yeah uh, then kids and i said it's unsafe because i don't hey, by the way on that front i actually i use a cane now a walking stick because i was terrified at what people people like oh my god what's wrong with him is he disabled yeah. but now i do use it for the past 7 years and it's amazing because it parts crowds like moses in the red sea right there was an incident in the in the airport when the airline guy was helping me and an old lady came in my way he's like madam can't you tell there's a visually impaired person i have never seen a 90 year old run faster out of my way <laughs> it wasn't that it wasn't my intention but i was like do take it easy she's also old i mean i was being this wow. but i mean it's amazing that 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 you mentioned the cane for that there is a cane which is amazing it's a stun gun cane it's a hidden cane it's a cane with a hidden stun gun so i will buy you that in case you see someone throttling a dog hurting no, a dog no that's I'll what i'm to you so, yeah thanks sandeep thank you for not to use on the dog to use on the person not on the dog. no so so i'm telling yeah. you how it changed right mm. i think you just grow you grow with your own experiences right yeah so what i do now and i see a lot of cruelty what i would term cruelty if you hit a dog for no reason or for a reason you have no business to do it yeah. i agree on that point but yeah. the way i go about it is different so um monday today is what friday yeah just four five saturday. days yeah um saturday so uh, i've been seeing this guy just simply just whack the dog just what would seem to somebody is mild to me was like it's not okay it's not okay it doesn't matter how hard he was hit just yeah. a tap at the back for no reason as he's walking he's on his phone tap, tap, you know just a I'm random like, dog no the dog he is walking right so his argument be like what's your problem it's my dog right yeah oh i've been through all of that so <laughs> right? yeah yeah and i would like wanna you know but now over the past 20 25 years i have noticed that there are other ways to deal with it he right. doesn't know otherwise he's been hit uh for everything if he didn't eat he was hit on his head if he ate too much he was hit on his head if yeah. they wanted to show love they pinched his cheek hard this man i'm talking of you know right? what is another thing of cruelty which i find sorry to interrupt but i'm going to add to this you know those morons who smash cake on your face i i think they need to be banned because it's like, it's like sorry i know it's, i don't want to take away from but it's it's just the most obnoxious kind of human behavior when you know birthday bumps kicking someone kicking the shit out of someone because you want to wish them what is that right Yeah, ways of showing affection were also so aggressive, no? Yeah, hitting the head, pinching the cheeks, as you said, squeezing the ears. I'm like, don't, do not touch the face. <laughs> and and I, I no, used to be anything. Yeah. Why say anything that's 
you know, not okay. Yeah. But this guy came possibly from a space like many of the thousands of others I've seen who hit dogs, cats, chained them and whipped them and hmm. they didn't know better, right? They their language of affection, their language and they were scared. acknowledgement, yeah. Yeah. the only language they knew was violence, right? Yeah. So how else did they acknowledge the dog? So I have watched, say, this one man who I addressed on Monday. I was just telling my kids about him. I was telling my daughter for a couple of weeks, months now, months actually, mm-hmm. since yeah, since the monsoon began, and um, I realized the same guy would fondle the dog when he's sitting down. He'd hold the dog like this, talk to the dog, and when he started to walk again, if he held his cane up, this, that stick up, the dog's tail would be between the legs. And I said, this guy's confused. If I'm going to shout at him, he's going to take the dog inside that home where he works and hit the dog up. Hit the dog, right? It's the easiest way to be. Can, what, how much will you do? To Feel what powerful. Will, yeah. yeah. Um, so I just made friends with him. Right? I've seen through the park. And I've just Ooh, that's a tough one, right? And, to get past that initial need to throttle yeah. and say, okay, I'm going to try befriending this guy. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm just going to tell him, you know, like, because he seems an North Indian and I'm just going to ask why, you know, why, you know, what I've seen him whimper, you know, you love him so much. Maybe that language would work and it's worked in the past. I and mean, I'm just saying, because this is a recent thing yeah. that now to address next week, because now we've started smiling at each other. Right. 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 And I like, I've sort of waved. I mean, I've just not waved at him, but mm. we acknowledge each other's presence. So, it's easier for me to address it. Yeah. And I never really hit the dog that the dog would yelp. But yeah. even that behavior is not acceptable. But he doesn't know. Mm. This takes me to another story. Do we have time, Sandeep? I have no clue what time it is. Don't worry about it. It's, 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 okay. uh, yeah. If you're hungry, let me know. I, I can speak no, something over I, to you. <laughs> but I just want to, gosh, we've really shot over. Listen, I better stop. But at one one story I want to say. Yeah. When I was doing my I told you yesterday, there's no time limit on this. Just, just chill. No worries. We, we'll wind up after okay. the story. Okay. So when I was doing my counseling, um, this was my diploma and I had these amazing, after my degree, I had these amazing facilitators. Um, Tempton, Tempton was one of the amazing people. Mm-hmm. And I remember him telling us the story. Yeah. When we spoke of, um, okay, I won't get into all of that. Okay. So he went and addressed um, a large industrial home. Mm-hmm. And um, I won't mention names here, very large industrial home. Mm-hmm. And he spoke to uh, all the workers in the industry. Yeah. And um, he talked to them about uh, physical abuse. He talked to them about violence against their wives. Right. 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 And when he asked them if there were about 1,500 of them, uh, most of them put their hands up and said that they would physically abuse their wives. What? Yeah. So he told me this story 20... No, one second. That They, they admitted it, that they physically abused their wives. Yeah, because it was a forum such that, you know, when he would talk, you know, it, it, he spent the whole day with them. And stuff. Okay, 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 okay. okay. Um, very forward thinking. No, I'm shocked, but that they admitted it. <laughs> because I... They did. Yeah, because yeah. it was norm. Everybody did it. It was a norm. That's what I'm trying to get at, Sandeep. You ate your food, you ate that's yeah. it, right? So I hit my wife. Right. So the following day, he was he told them to do some stuff, right? The following day, they all came back. And hold your breath. You know what most of them voluntarily said? They mm. said, we didn't hit our wives last night. 
and most of our wives said have you stopped loving us what yep mm. it's another kind of fucked up conditioning lot, yeah so Such a bad kind of conditioning that it connects to most of the things we spoke of in in just these last few minutes right absolutely they don't know they don't know i mean that they know but know. they don't know Not any yeah no i mean you in fact sometimes if you know i have heard stories where if there's a guy uh like in a, there's a there's a cup there's a lady or a guy in an abusive relationship and someone tries to intervene like say they're at a restaurant the lady more often not uh, because it's usually the lady uh, at least in more stories than not it's the lady and she will defend her husband saying no 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 it's my fault that's why he's angry with me and um i've read this in stories and also heard physical examples of this where they will defend the guy who's abusing them yep and yeah, it happened yeah. in my family like the, the I, i know some i mean i don't give names but i'm sure we can talk about it later like for 10 years this girl was with with this guy and at a point you know he said i'm so sick of hitting you i want you to hit yourself because you're not being worth you're not worth being touched by me the piece of shit and then she didn't complain to the cops saying no no it's okay you know he's learned his lesson i mean they're no longer together but it's crazy right yeah but yeah, yeah. and they would they won't complain i mean it takes a lot i mean she's out of it which is the biggest thing and i'm i'm not going to pretend that oh how can she not do it because i don't know what hell she went through and it's not right for me to speculate but when she said that to me i was like my god the way people human beings can manipulate others and how beings can be manipulated by others it's crazy right these ladies saying that yeah. being not being hit means that he doesn't love me is crazy i mean across the board this is just an example but yeah but you know um what's amazing is that the balance there are people like you uh people in your team and people you work with who are doing great work so i want that to be the sort of point that people also remember and i want to thank on behalf of everyone listening and uh from my end i really appreciate you taking the time arishi and uh thank thanks for doing this episode thanks for sharing your story because i know you you're not the kind of person to come out and talk about this openly so i really really uh, appreciate that and also really appreciate the fact that you acknowledge my existence now after 22 years <laughs> i'm on your radar <laughs> yes no, but, but thank, thank you and and can you just tell people uh where they can i'll put it down in the in the in the written description but maybe a phone number they can reach out to in case they see an animal sure. in distress I'll or maybe the website i'll, put I'll share down. a whole list with you for dog cat cow everything not just for wildlife because Brilliant. most often the sad thing is people don't know and if you could share that it would be great Um, that would be brilliant because if you could tell me the things uh the organization names the numbers i'll list that down I will, and uh, i will share all the details with you all the brilliant details. brilliant also for your therapeutic theater all the things you do if you could share all of the work because i think people would love to reach out to you and it's such a powerful oh. case that you make um <laughs> thank you really uh, respect the work and appreciate the work you're doing thank you sandeep thanks i i loved this session i mean i, I it, it it's so cathartic actually It's you know free. To- <laughs> <laughs> I know I heard that in the beginning. <laughs> Thanks a lot Ali. Thank, Thank you Arishi. So- Appreciate it. Bye. Cheers. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Hey. 
Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you like what you heard, please do check out the other episodes on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And I would much appreciate it if you could like the video, share it with people who you think might enjoy it. And of course, do subscribe to the channel because it will help me and the podcast grow and reach more people just like you. So thanks again. Appreciate it.